From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Washington Watch. Thanks for tuning in. Well, coming up, a dark day in American history. Earlier this afternoon, Donald Trump was arraigned on a New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. That was Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg taking to the airwaves after former President Donald Trump was indicted on 34 counts of falsifying business records. Now, there are those on both the left and the right saying the prosecution is a politicalization of the judicial process. And the question is, does this pierce a veil of judicial discretion, restraint, and prudence? Will this lead to future presidents being charged by their political opponents on amped-up charges that would have otherwise gone unaddressed? I mean, we have to wonder, is America at a risk of operating like a banana republic? We're going to talk about it with Virginia Congressman Bob Good in just a moment. And what is the legal basis of these 34 charges? We're going to talk with Phil Klein, former Kansas Attorney General, now Associate Professor of Law, at the Liberty University School of Law. To be clear, I do not think there should be a separate system of justice for those who have been or are in power. To the contrary, justice should be blind and should treat everyone the same. But that's not been the case in America, not in recent years. Former Attorney General Eric Holder did not face charges over the fast and furious scandal that cost lives. Hillary Clinton's actions with violated federal law and the handling of classified material which jeopardized national security, she didn't face charges. Not to mention what her husband did when he was in office, or there are others. But let me put it another way. If Donald Trump would have governed the way he is accused of living prior to being president, we would not be having this conversation today. So Tom Fenton of Judicial Watch will join me as we unpack the political nature of this case and what implications it might have in the next presidential race. And finally, and this is probably most important, is how should we that support biblical morality and the rule of law respond? We're going to talk about it, so stick around for that conversation. Our word for today comes from Ezekiel 14. For anyone of the house of Israel or of the strangers who dwell in Israel, who separates himself from me and sets up idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity, then comes to a prophet to inquire of him concerning me, well, I'm going to set my face against that man. Now, this word was directed to the leaders that had set up idols, not in their homes, but in their hearts in Israel. Matthew Henry wrote of this, he said this, quote, Those whose affections are placed upon the wealth of the world and the pleasures of sense, whose God is their money, whose God is their belly, they set up, in, they set up their idols in their hearts. Many who have no idols in their sanctuaries have idols in their hearts, which is no less a usurpation of God's throne. Those that join themselves to idols, Henry writes, separates themselves from God, end quote. To find out more about our Bible reading plan, go to frc.org slash Bible. Well, as I mentioned, it's unprecedented. It's an unprecedented day in American history as former President Trump was arraigned in Manhattan in a Manhattan courtroom this afternoon. The former president pled not guilty to 34 felony charges, which represent the first ever brought against a former president. Now, President Trump will speak to the nation tonight from his home in Florida, now, joining me now 
from New York City, where he was reporting today, is Jarrett Stepman, columnist for The Daily Signal. Jarrett, welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So you were in New York today at the uh, the courthouse. Uh, tell us what you saw. Yeah, it was quite a scene at the courthouse. I got there around 11 o'clock this morning, Eastern Standard Time, when there was a few hundred people. That crowd grew to, I would say, uh, many thousands of people. They filled the, the streets. They filled the front of the courthouse. Uh, you had people who were very anti-Trump. You had a lot of people who were very pro-Trump. I think there were a lot of even many made native New Yorkers. I know New York is seen as a, a very blue state and certainly a blue city, but there were a lot of Trump supporters uh, at this protest or at this, I guess, gathering of people. Uh, I think that the, the tenor of it was, was certainly very peaceful. There was obviously tension between the sides. The police kept uh, the pro and anti-Trump groups uh, kind of in their own areas. Uh, but I think the the, ten the tenor was quite interesting, especially given that this is a historic moment in American history where a president is actually facing an indictment, an arraignment, and possibly an arrest. I think that the people who were there understood this to be a, a unique experience. Yeah, Jarrett? Uh, have you had an opportunity to review the indictment or the DA's uh, statement? Yes, there's been 34 charges that uh, Alvin Bragg, who is the district attorney uh, in New York, brought up, uh, which has brought up falsifying business records. Uh, I think that especially talking to those who are lawyers, I think there's this general feeling that the charges are what some have described as thin gruel. And I think that that is definitely what you get got from the crowd even before this came down that uh, this was essentially a, a political charge against a former president because of because of his governing philosophy because of who he was uh, that this standard is being held to uh, now former president Donald Trump that wouldn't be held to other people especially when you have in New York City uh, a, a district attorney who's become very well known uh, for dropping the level of charges for many criminals in the city for being very uh, soft on crime, which I think was definitely something that you saw uh, on signs from many uh, protesters today uh, saying that, well, why isn't Alvin Bragg, District Attorney Alvin Bragg, going after the real criminals here in New York? Why is he going after the former president? I think that was definitely the attitude that I heard from a lot of people on the street here today. Uh, many were expecting President Trump to address the crowd on his way out, but he did not. He laughed, went straight to the airport. He'll be addressing the nation tonight. Uh, was there an expectation there on the ground that he would speak? I think people didn't really know what to expect. I think that people were just hoping to maybe see the president. I think many thought that, again, that this was a historic moment in history. They wanted to see what was going to happen if he would make a statement uh, to the crowd. I, there was really only a brief moment in which people could even see uh, the former president enter the courthouse, uh, which I thought was very interesting because, of course, there's a quote right on top of the courthouse that says, equal and exact justice to all men of whatever state or persuasion. It comes from a, a, Je a Thomas Jefferson inaugural quote, and I thought that was very interesting given the case uh, that is before us here. And I think that, as I said, many of the people who were gathered there uh, realized that this was a very politicized event, that this was not a just a, a business-as-usual thing for a former president to face. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Jared, thanks so much for uh, taking time to uh, join us from New York. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many questions here in, in terms of also uh, the district attorney there going, you know, ha having a press conference, uh, 
speaking to this. That, that normally they would reserve their words for what happens inside the courtroom. By the way, as I mentioned, the president will be speaking tonight. I believe his, his speech to the nation, his discussion with the nation, his comments to the nation will be at 8.15 Eastern time. I'll be joining uh, Newsmax uh, tonight uh, in uh, the nine, uh, 9 o'clock hour uh, to get reaction to the president. So tune in to, to Jen uh, Pellegrino's show at uh, about 9.30 this evening. All right, let's go now, continuing our conversation on this, uh, what, it has unfolded. What continues to unfold is Congressman Bob Good. He serves on the House Education Labor Committee. The House Budget Committee represents the 5th Congressional District of Virginia. Congressman Good, welcome back to the program. Good afternoon, Tony. Great to be with you as always, my friend. So, Bob, let me just get your reaction to today's events. These 34 charges uh, in the indictment unsealed, all related to business transactions. Tony, it just seems like it's the same trumped-up charge repeated 34 times, as you already noted a moment ago, for this uh, attention-seeking DA to go on and do a press conference announcing to the world what his intentions are. Uh, I've been told that's the the nature of his personality from the beginning. As you know, this guy ran uh, saying he was going to go after President Trump. He should have recused himself if he felt uh, President Trump had done anything worthy of prosecution, which, of course, no one else had previously chosen to prosecute President Trump because this is, again, a conviction in search of a crime. And it's a sad day for America. And it's a really a damaging, dangerous time when half the country believes there's two uh, different systems of justice, one for everyone uh, other than conservatives and one for conservatives, particularly those who support President Trump. You know, I want to get your take on this because I've been in I've had this vantage point for for 20 years watching the process and I've I've watched it become more divided and more political and you know I'm very concerned that we have uh, I used the phrase before pierced the veil we've we've set precedent with this I mean we saw this president when he was in office 50 at least 50 congressional investigations two impeachments Um, And I could go on the list. Of course, nothing stuck to him because at the end of the day, there was nothing there. Now we have him uh, being charged with something that may be beyond the statute of limitations. We're going to talk about that later. But are you not concerned that we may have reached a new point in politics in America where the you just go out, you use the levers of power that you have to go after your political opponents? Yes, Tony, it's like we're a third world country or a banana republic or a communist a totalitarian state. Uh, as you noted, they went after this president for some seven, eight years now, and this is what they've come up with, a false business charge, because apparently, or allegedly anyway, uh, based on the apparent testimony of a convicted felon who's their lead witness, but allegedly uh, some kind of a payment uh, was recorded as, as one kind of an expense versus another kind of an expense, and uh, no federal prosecutor or state prosecutor would have pursued it previously. Uh, to my understanding, this hasn't happened in the history of the state of New York. And again, this this D.A. who ran with a pledge to go after President Trump, bragging about how many times he filed suit against President Trump before he ran for office. And now he's trying to make good on that and deliver to his radical left base. Uh, and, and frankly, in an area where it's going to be almost impossible for the president to get a fair trial, I hope the judge will do the right thing. Uh, all indications are from legal people that I've talked to, it ought to be dismissed out of hand. It ought to be dismissed quickly. And uh, they ought, this prosecutor ought not to be able to utilize the weaponry of his office uh, to abuse his power to go after political opponents. I mean, given what is surfacing regarding Joe Biden in some of the uh, hearings that we're having, should he be concerned about red state prosecutors once he leaves office? 
Well, Tony, the truth is that uh, we don't play like the other side does. We respect the rule of law. We respect the Constitution. We respect uh, due process and, and constitutional freedoms. And we respect and appreciate what the United States is supposed to be, this, this nation, this, this, this shining city on a hill. And I don't think the Democrats and the left and the radical uh, uh, what has become the Democratic Party. I don't think they fear retaliation from us. When they set these precedents uh, by using the FBI or the Department of Justice or the IRS to go after political opponents, they don't fear we will do that because they know we believe that it's wrong. Well, I, I agree with you from a standpoint that we remain tethered to the Constitution and to truth, to morality. And as those two things are under attack more and more in our culture today, I'm fearful that even those on the right, especially in the libertarian movement, could become untethered to those what uh, President uh, Washington said were the great pillars upon which this great experimentation rests. Uh, Bob, we're out of time, but I want to thank you for joining us. Always great to see you and uh, always appreciate your input. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate being with you again. All right, Congressman Bob Good of Virginia, a fighter for faith, family, and freedom on Capitol Hill stalwart, I can assure you. But folks, we need to be praying for our nation. And we're going to talk more about that a little bit later in the program. But coming up next, what are we to make of these charges? Uh, we're going to take a look at that when we're joined by Phil Klein, former Attorney General of the state of Kansas and uh, now... Associate Professor of Law at the Liberty University School of Law. That's next, so don't go away. We're back with more right after this. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how his word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and he has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online Center for Biblical Worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's Word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldviews monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview.
Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Thanks so much for joining us today. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, today's events have brought our nation into, uh, quite frankly, uncharted territory, as there is no precedent of indicting a former president on criminal charges. Now, to be clear, President Trump's uh, immoral behavior of the past really set uh, in motion these wheels of political attacks that have been churning for years. Now, if he had governed the way he allegedly lived, as I said at the top of the program, we wouldn't be having this discussion because the left would have loved him. But he didn't. He actually governed from a conservative, even, I would argue, a, 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 at least those he surrounded himself with, governed from a biblical perspective. But I'm going to focus on these charges and this process. And now that we can review the specific charges, what can we learn? Joining me now to discuss this and the process is Phil Klein, Associate Professor of Liberty University School of Law. He's also the former Attorney General for the state of Kansas. Uh, Professor Klein, welcome back to Washington Watch. It's good to be with you, Tony. All right. Before we get into uh, the details of the indictment, uh, give us your your reaction to today's events and uh, the the unprecedented nature of this. Well, I'm, I'm deeply saddened. Unfortunately, we have seen increasing weaponization of government against political enemies, and that has meant the perfect storm of a nation, Tony, increasingly, that looks to government for solutions to all problems. Um, America tends to worship government today. So if there's a problem, we want to write a law to fix it, and a bunch of congressmen jump on board and write a new law. We have more laws than any nation in human history. We have so many criminal laws that the Congressional Research Service can't count them. And what that means is that a prosecutor who is bent with all of his authority and power to get a political enemy can find a crime. All they need to do is start pouring through those laws. And that's what's happening today. And that's what's happening to Mr. Trump. These charges are charges that have been passed over by others, but the DA's picked them up. Right. I, I remember as a police officer on the street, I, I could have I, pull over any car based on uh, some violation that almost every car, every driver is going to, whether it's a taillight, whether it's an inspection sticker, you can find pretty much probable cause to stop. But you don't do that because it's it's it just unless there is a, uh, a, a prevailing interest involved there. I want to go to these charges, 34 charges, all essentially the same, falsifying business records in the first degree. Tell us what that is first. 
Well, essentially what it is, is that they're claiming that each check that Mr. Trump wrote to Mr. Cohen and identified it as legal fees was actually a form of an illegal campaign contribution to pay hush money to silence those who were accusing him in order to benefit his campaign. That's effectively what it is. So the 34 counts, it sounds like a lot of felonies. It's just each individual check is an individual count. Mr. Cohen is the one who was convicted for lying and spent three years in in prison. Um, is he a reliable? Um, I mean, and I'm, I'm, in all seriousness, you know, the DA has made his case based on on primarily Michael Cohen. I mean, I would think that he would be chewed up and spit out by the president's well, it, uh, defense attorneys. It's not that he's just been convicted of lying. It's that he's lied about this. You can find statements by Mr. Cohen where he diametrically opposes what he's saying now. So um, do you bring a case before a jury where you're requiring jury unanimity at the highest burden of law beyond a reasonable doubt based on the testimony of somebody who cannot testify consistently about the facts relating to this case? No, you don't bring that without other corroborating, compelling evidence, and that's just not there. Um, but, of course, this is not being brought because Mr. Trump is a big threat on the loose to America. Even though these charges force him to face life in prison, um, he's not being charged because he's a threat and he's a danger on the streets. He's being charged because the DA doesn't like him and well, can gain some political cred on this. You know, I, 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 I would think it's even bigger. It's, this is not so much about a political figure as I think the a political movement that this figure represents. I, I agree with you. You see that with the Department of Justice now and how they're treating different uh, uh, potential uh, investigative targets based on really their political opinions and positions uh, that they have taken. So we are creating a two-tiered system of justice in this country. We're making the same mistakes this nation has made in the past when it was motivated by racial animus, when it was motivated by, by gender issues, when it was motivated by those things other than recognizing that every single human being has intrinsic value. And that value is given by God, not government. So government doesn't have the right to diminish that value. Um, we've converted ourselves. We now believe that it's the state that determines who has value. So the state can go after whomever it deems to be an enemy. Um, I'm concerned that culturally, America now is in the place where we don't have enough people willing to stand for the freedom of those they disagree. And if you don't have a nation of people who are willing to stand for the free speech rights, the right of assembly, the right to petition government, all of those individual civil liberties, we don't have the ability to defend them for those we disagree. We're no longer going to be free. Right. All of our freedoms will dissipate over time. Well, and, and I'm, I think, I'm concerned. We're, we're kind of at that threshold. Well, and I, I, I think, you know, when you get into a, a fight, so to speak, you go after the biggest guy first and you knock out the big guy and then the rest scatter. And I think that's, that's right. a part of this, going after the president, making an example out of him. It will cause others to shrink back in silence when they need to speak up for the very reasons you just said. And, 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 and Tony, you've got it. The January 6th committee subpoenaed the Republican donor records of the Republican National Committee 
That's a direct assault on a financial foundation of a political opponent. And they are using government to threaten those, those leaders in an opposing party and intimidate them in that fashion. 20 years ago, there would be no way this would be allowed in America yeah. because we had a vibrant media and, and, and we had people who recognized these things. We don't right now. Yeah, we are we are dangling by a thread dangerously over a raging fire as a nation, and it is time now to uh, to act. Uh, Professor Klein, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for all you do. All right, Phil Klein. Okay, when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. The political angle on this. What 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 might this do to the 2024 presidential election, and what must we do to make sure? What Phil just said doesn't happen. Tom Fenton, president of Judicial Watch, joins me next. Don't go away. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, a fractured and divided nation watched as former President Trump was arraigned today. The first time, as we mentioned, a former president has been a criminal defendant in our nation's history. And as I've said many times, no one is above the law, but faith in our institutions remain paramount, and a two-tiered system of justice will only chip away at people's trust in our constitutional republic. Joining me now to discuss today's events and the political implications that we're looking at. Tom Fenton, president of Judicial Watch. Tom, welcome to Washington Watch. Good to see you. Hey, Tony. Good to be with you. Thank you. So uh, let me just start by getting your reaction to today's events. 
Oh, I think it's a sad day for the country. Um, it's also a dangerous uh, development in you know the sense we're an undiscovered country. I don't know what the reaction is going to be. You know what what is next in terms of uh, this effort uh, by the left to abuse and jail their political opponents, and it's not just Trump. You know we can go through pro-lifers, the January six defendants. You know, others who are targeted by uh, these operations, both at the federal, state, and local level, uh, run by leftists and partisans. It's a Democrat oriented effort uh, to jail their political opponents. And, you know, is it going to be retaliation by Republicans? Uh, is it going to be a, a general disrespect for the rule of law and the fair administration or the, the rejection of the idea that justice is being fairly administered, which would undermine? our Republican ways that we probably can't even fathom now. I mean, they've they've turned this president every which way but loose. I mean, I mentioned earlier, 50 congressional investigations uh, impeached twice by a Democrat led House. Uh, I mean, there's there's nothing this president hasn't done. Now, I I think this was my take. And I I said at the beginning of the program, so I'm repeating myself for those that have been tuned in the entire time. (laughs) But I always quote myself, Tony. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, if he if he would have governed the way he is alleged to have lived prior to being president, we wouldn't be having this discussion because the left would have loved him. But he 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 governed as a conservative and he put people around him, unlike any other Republican president in modern history who actually advanced a conservative agenda. And he almost almost had he had another four years, he would have dismantled the left's massive machine that, uh, you know, we call the deep state. Yeah, I mean, it's in, 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 in terms of conservative public policy goals, the president is the most cons- President Trump was the most consequential president policy wise in in the modern era. And I include Reagan there. He, he accomplished more than Reagan did in four years. Is that uh, why he's a target? Half the date. Do you think that's why he's the target of the left, that they will not let him go? Because he not only represents he, he represents a movement. It's not just a man. Right. And a rejection of the systems here or the received wisdom that governs so much of Washington, D.C., that really infuriates Americans about the way D.C. operates. Trump sees through it all. Uh, he doesn't necessarily do everything he could do or had or could have done to confront it, but he did much more, as I said, than any other prior president. And, uh, you know, on the other hand, it's also about scaring folks like you and me, Tony, and every average day Americans and activists who are conservative Republican or frankly dissident liberals, you know, they must fear, rightly so, their personal liberties at stake or at risk as a result of this, you know, this authoritarian, this totalitarian instinct among the left uh, to use the powers of prosecutorial um, government bodies to try to jail their opponents. I, I don't, it doesn't get any worse than that in terms of undermining a Republican form of government. But could that backfire? I mean, we've seen that before. We saw that in the uh, the early 2000s when marriage amendments were moving across the country. And, you know, the legacy media was starting to uh, to become the opposition party and maligning those who believed that, you know, marriage was the union of a man and a woman. Of course, that's accelerated. But when the people had a chance to vote, they went in and overwhelmingly passed these amendments. The same thing in 2016 with Donald Trump. People were who supported him were maligned, but they went in and they voted for him. 
Could this backfire on the left and cause a, uh, and we're already seeing in the polls, a surge of support for uh, Donald Trump? Maybe, or it may be a distraction for him. He's going to have to watch every word as being potentially uh, something that upsets the court. And uh, you never know in a general election how this is going to play. You know, it's going to be a close election, no matter how you cut it. And I don't know how an indictment plays one way or the other. And, and you know, and you're also presuming the left ultimately wants to win elections. <laughs> you know, this is a rig election rigging scheme. This is a, a rigged prosecution for uh, a rigged election. And so, um, you know, this this isn't this isn't ordinary in terms of our nation's history, where we've got this political back and forth. You have an entire movement who's rejecting the American way, uh, the protection of law, equal protection of the law, um, respect for election systems and elections generally, to, to ensure that there's integrity, people can have confidence in it. Right. And the idea that, you know, we don't use criminal law to just go after our political opponents just because they're our political opponents. Right. That's what that makes us... To, you know, I'm not not, we shouldn't not be naive. It's happened before, but it hasn't been embraced before by the establishment the way it has been now. Exactly. Uh, Tom, we're up against a break. Can you stick with us? I got a couple of uh, technical questions. Uh, the district attorney requested a gag order, but it was denied by the judge, you know, that would have been a significant issue. Yeah. And you said he's got to watch what he says because it could still come down. So we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. Tom Fenton stays with us. Uh, folks, I hope you stay with us as well. And again, tonight I'll be on Newsmax around 930 Eastern time, giving a reaction to the president's comments to the nation. That is uh, former President Trump. All right. Don't go away. We're coming back with more Washington Watch in just a moment. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. 
Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to Washington Watch, the website, TonyPerkins.com. My guest, Tom Fenton, president of Judicial Watch. Tom, thanks so much for uh, sticking around in this uh, last segment. So let me ask you a question, Tom. Uh, Folks want to get in touch with you. How can they keep up with Tom Fenton? Uh, Well, we're all over the Internet. Uh, JudicialWatch.org is our main website. Uh, We're on Facebook and Twitter and Rumble and True Social everywhere. Yeah, you are everywhere. That's for sure. All right. Let me ask you about uh, the district attorney requested a gag order, which the judge denied. I mean, wouldn't that have been I mean, think about it. I mean, this the president is in the former president is in a race for president. He's already declared a candidate. I mean, would that not have been a violation of free speech as well as a campaign intervention? Oh, sure. Of course, that's what this whole process is about. So the uh DA uh, thought the judge might bite, and the judge, you know, did admonish Trump not to say anything that would cause violence, which of course isn't protected speech anyway. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, but he also, according to reports, you know, had a little bit other, uh, you know, uh, had another standard about offending the rule of law or hurting the process. You know, that makes me think that it's uh, even though it was a suggestion. Uh, it's going to restrain or restrict his ability. To so there, there, there's a sword dangling above. There's a sword dangling above his yeah. head that if he says the wrong thing, his free speech could be shut off. A sword of Damocles, and you know, and 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 it highlights what Bragg is about. You know that he would uh, again present this unprecedented indictment about nothing, and then use it as a justification to squelch the speech of the leading candidate for president, or one of two, yeah. uh, it's just incredible. I mean, you know, Bragg isn't running the country, and we have to remind him of that. Congress should remind him of that, and um, hopefully uh, the courts in New York uh, find find some wisdom and discernment and shut this down as quickly as they can. I, I want to just make one comment, kind of dovetailing with what you said. I do think that in our, even though the left is engages in this, we experienced it at the Family Research Council where we had a gunman come into our building and, and shoot one of our people as a result of the Southern Poverty Law Center and their rhetoric. I, I think we need to be, we need to be passionate. We need to be engaged. But I do think we've got to be very careful that we do not breach this line of, uh, of, 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 of inciting and calling for political violence against our political opponents. I think, I mean, that's where we completely lose it. 
as a country. And so I think that's one of those things we've got to be very, very careful about. Well, I, I, wanna, I don't know any mainstream leader on the right who, who does that. Um, no. Unfortunately, but, the left does that and embraces the violence. I mean, we're seeing the left-wing establishment rally around a woman who murdered a half dozen Christians. Right. Yeah. Let me go to a legal question. Uh, statute limitations on these charges. Uh, wh what do you say to that? Well, I'll warn you, I'm not a lawyer, but I, I have been following this closely enough to know he's on thin ice. You know, typically uh, the false records charges that are non-felonious or misdemeanors would have two-year statute limitations. And the question is whether the five-year statute limitations he seemingly is uh, hidden behind on, by pretending they're felonies is enough to make it um, past the goal line. And I don't know if that's the case here. I mean, it just highlight the fact that we're questioning whether he's within the statute of limitations in this unprecedented style case just shows you how reckless these charges were. You know, it wasn't like Trump was out on video robbing a bank and, oh, we got to prosecute him. They're just they're coming up with these charges that have been before them, the underlying facts, for for a half a decade now. Right. right. And they, they charge him, uh, you know, three minutes after he announces his run for the presidency again. I know not literally three minutes, but practically speaking, three minutes. It tells you everything you need to know that this About is the motivation. This is an investigation or a prosecution uh, uh, that not only is designed to thwart the exercise of President Trump's First Amendment rights, but the thwart our right to govern ourselves by getting to pick our candidate without interference from Democrats in New York City who want to abuse their office to mess with our elections. All right. Uh, final question for you, Tom Fenton. Um, you have called for Congress to to get involved. You know, we now have the Republicans in control of the House with, in particular, the subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. Uh, but there are other committees. Uh, what does that look like to you? That a a congressional action congressional action uh, around this? You figure out how much U.S. taxpayer money at the federal levels uh, being used by Bragg and anyone else, uh, and you know, money even if it's used in other circumstances, it's all fungible. So I would just think about it, this common phrase: defund New York to the extent practical. If New York and the justice system up in New York wants to undermine our republic and use their systems, uh, their justice system, to try to make a political prisoner out of uh, Donald Trump, uh, in the least, taxpayers should have nothing to do with it at the federal level. So that's the start. And the second part, obviously, is the involvement of federal officials in this jihad against Trump. And I suspect there's going to be something there to be found as well. So. Um, you know, Bragg should be brought to the Hill as quickly as possible. Well, you mentioned the uh, federal involvement, federal um, officials. I mean, you're kind of the master of uh, FOIA requests. I mean, uh, is Judicial Watch looking into this? Oh, yeah, we're launching FOIAs and already have uh, here in Washington, D.C. We'll be following up under uh, state law in New York. Um, you know, Alvin Bragg, it, to me, is acting like an insurrectionist. And so... You know, we're going to investigate what we perceive to be uh, his corrupt abuse of authority uh, to target an innocent man. You know, 
This is not a question about whether you like Trump or you don't like Trump or I don't like this policy or that tweet. This is a question is whether he deserves the equal protection of the law every other citizen deserves. And they don't think that because they don't like his politics. Yeah, we got to stand yeah. against that no matter your party and no matter your ideology. Well, it, it it's what makes our country different. It, it's important. Uh, Tom Fenton, always great to see you. Thanks so much for taking time to join us today. Appreciate all the work you do at, uh, at Judicial Watch. You guys do great work. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate you as well. Thank you. Tom Fenton, president of uh, Judicial Watch. All right. Um, I told you at the top of the program, uh, before we wrapped up, we had talked about how, how do we, how, what should we make of this as, number one, as Christians who believe in biblical, biblical morality and as Americans who understand the rule of law and how essential it is to our constitutional republic. Well, joining me, I'm going to bring in um, by phone. Uh, Jody Heiss, former member of Congress from Georgia, now special advisor here at the Family Research Council. Uh, Jody, thanks so much for taking time to join me here on Washington Watch on this day. Well, Tony, thanks for having me. Great program and uh, very grateful for the way you're covering this on from every angle on this critical day in our country and in many, many ways, a very, very dark day in our country. I, I want to be very forthright and upfront. Now, these allegations of the president and uh, the payments that are alleged here that are the subject of these uh, fraudulent business transactions are basically payments that were made uh, hush money. Uh, And now it's really an accounting issue that is at the uh, heart of these charges. All right. So I want to first I want to put the legal side, legal issues aside, and I want to address the moral issues. We addressed this when this came up when the president was running for office back in 2016. We, th- this is, does not measure up to the standard by which we like to see as Christians in this country. In fact, I was not an early, early supporter of the president for these very reasons. But he said, look, I, I, I realize I need to do this. And so as a, as a president, I saw nothing like this during his time in the White House. In fact, what I saw were policies that were 180 degrees removed from what he had, uh, what had been alleged his lifestyle prior to becoming president. So, you know, I, I see this, Jody, as simply the president being a target because of his policies and the way he governed as president. Well, I don't see any other way to look at this, to be very honest with you. And I will say, look, all of us have fallen and come short of the glory of God. And as we're entering into this week of Easter, we understand the love and the grace of God to reach out and forgive us and transform us uh, through giving his son. And that's what Easter is all about. So, you know, let's keep that hope in mind. Uh, the, The incredible, undeserved forgiveness and grace of God extended to all of us. And beyond that, Tony, it's real. It's true that every single one of us one day will stand before God and we'll give an account of our lives. And at, at the end of the day, God will have the final word over each of our lives. But until then, we are here in a world trying to stand for justice, trying to stand for that which is right. God loves those who stand for justice and the right thing. And this is a, a time where the 
two-tiered system that is becoming so blatantly obvious to every American citizen right now as it relates to justice is not only un-American, it's unacceptable. It is wrong in every way. Justice, uh, Lady Justice, is blindfolded. It doesn't matter your political party. It doesn't matter your, your points of view on whatever it is. The law should be applied to everyone, and where right. crimes have been committed – then there should be consequences. But where there's the strong arm of government simply going after political opponents, that is injustice, that is wrong, it's unacceptable in this country, and and we need to be vocal on that part. When you look at the policies of this president, and this does not justify, um, I mean, the end does not justify the means. These are things the president that are, are... alleged prior to him being president. So we're not talking about anything he did during his time as president. We're talking about things that occurred before he was president, Um, the the behaviors that occurred beforehand. But when you look at his policies, I mean, we saw the overturn of Roe v. Wade as a result of the appointments that he made to the Supreme Court, the nominations. We, 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 We saw policies that were consistent with a recognition of uh, not just science, but reality of man, woman, uh, the, 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 all the sexual issues that we see this administration pushing. And so, yes, we support him because I, I think, correct me if, if you see it differently, Jody, but I believe this president is under assault, not just because of his policies, but because he represents a movement that threatens the left in taking back control of our country, whether it be at the school board level or whether it be at Congress, or whether that be in the White House. I think that's 100% what the issue is here, and that's what is so disturbing about it. Uh, and I was honored to be able to serve uh, all four years in Congress while uh, President Trump was in the White House, had many opportunities to be with him, got to know him in a, in a pretty real way. And what you're talking about and describing about him was phenomenal. He was relentless about going after American values, uh, standing with the Constitution, uh, and going after the deep state like no one else we've ever seen in our lifetime. And I think those are the issues that have created him to be such a threat to the left. And as a result, he now finds himself an enormous target. Now, to be be completely candid, uh, Jody, you and I would have gone about it differently. No, there's no question about I mean, our, that. Our Twitter accounts, our Twitter accounts are much different. Um, <laughs> you know, we we would have said things differently. I mean, the president is clearly a work in progress, and I make I, you know again vouch for everything the president did. But when I look at his policies and I look at the the choice that we had as evangelicals, as Christians in this country between him and Hillary Clinton, there was no choice. And and I feel an obligation. I'll be quite candid. I feel an obligation for a man who who came in, took the heat in, in advancing policies that we advocated for. Now that he's under attack, I feel an obligation to defend, the, number one, the rule of law and the fact that there is a disparity here in the justice that he is being denied. Well, that's what bothers me so much. Uh, look, his behavior is his behavior. And as I said, he will stand before God with that. I don't know, and I guess we'll see, if any of that behavior rises to the level of criminal activity. I've not seen or heard anything that does. But his behavior is something 
he will give an account for. But the two-tiered system of law that is unfolding here is is what is so disturbing and just outright wrong. You mentioned earlier uh, issues with, with Hillary Clinton and Eric Holder and right now uh, the Biden family. And, I mean, we have a whole list of things. We're watching uh, pro-abortionist uh, vandalize pregnancy resource right. centers with virtually no consequence whatsoever and people who are doing virtually nothing but prayer for pro-life causes find themselves in trouble. I mean, the, the double standard is frightening, and it simply cannot exist if we are going to continue to have the republic of freedom that we have had in years past. This is a potential massive turning point for our country, and that's what makes it such a critical hour. And we need to be praying. We need to pray. We need to vote. We need to stand. Those three things are uh, so apt to where we stand today. Jody Heiss, thanks so much for joining us. We're out of time. Always great to talk with you. Likewise, Tony. God bless. Folks, we do. We need to pray. We really need to pray. And we need our, our words to be seasoned with grace. And we need wisdom from God in addressing this, even with our friends and family. Uh, we can be passionate, but we need to speak forth the truth seasoned with the grace of God. All right, uh, tune in tonight, 9.30 on Newsmax Eastern Time. I'll be giving my reaction, among others, to the president's remarks, and I'll be talking about it tomorrow as well. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.